What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 271st episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I am your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Will. I just realized earlier today that I've been sorely remiss in mentioning something to you, and it's almost... Well, this is our last recording in the month of June, right? Uh, Yeah. I don't have a calendar in front of me, but sure. Happy Pride to you, Steve. Happy Pride. Thank you. That's all. Pride it up. I mean, well, we've got one week left, so. (laughs) (laughs) And then no more pride. Basically. (laughs) Travis is also here. (laughs) I'm very glad to announce the raid update to this podcast, which allows listeners to challenge any one of the hosts to uh, Mortal Kombat. I'm sure that means that I'm going to be the first one to go down because... I'm about as wimpy as I sound, but hey, I mean, it's a great new feature that we're adding to this show. What, what's your CP value? Pretty low. I like four. Yeah. <laughs> One and done. Got an exciting show for you guys today. We got some news. Uh, I would say 98% of it is Pokemon Go related. So just keep in mind that there was a lot, a lot, a lot of Pokemon Go stuff this week. So we're going to try to cover all that. Then we have some emails, and of course we have our Pokemon of the Week, so that's the show for you guys today. I guess let's just jump right into things, and we'll get, we'll go from there. So the first bit of news here is Sceptile Tight, Blazon Knight, Swamper Tight, Cameruptite, Benetite, all available in Sun and Moon with a universal code. Uh, that code is Mufasa. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, Good. Masuba. Nothing. You guys don't have any. I, I'm not looking. I'm not looking at what I don't know what you're looking at. So I can't. I can't give you any oh, help okay. on this. It's, uh, I'll spell it out for you guys. But uh, I'm sure if you jump on Twitter or something, you'll be able to see it, or on Bulbapedia, which is where we're getting this. It's M A T S U B U S A. Matsubusa. Matsub USA. Matsub USA. That's breakdown. Mm. <laughs> I if, think it has to do with like giant rice balls. Oh, okay. Maybe? Those are you know very popular in the, the, the USA. Uh they're popular in my house. Oh, also that is the Japanese name of the leader of Team Magma. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I suppose that makes sense since all those Pokemon are Generation 3. Yeah, Bennett is Generation 3. Yep. Uh, second bit of news here before we get to the Pokemon Go fiasco. Yes, yeah. I'm questioning the words I'm using. <laughs> this is off Polygon. It wouldn't be a episode of It's Super Effective without mentioning Allegra Frank at this point. <laughs> Uh, but this article is titled, This Pokemon Marriage Form Almost Makes Me Want to Get Hitched. The Japanese wedding magazine Zexy will include a pink Pikachu-covered legal document in Aug- its August issue now available on local newsstands. The Japanese Pokemon website refers to this marriage form as very cute, which is probably an understatement. Aside from all the jargon and those boxes to legalize somebody's maternity, there are Pika- There is a married Pikachu couple in the corner. It probably says matrimony, right? Oh, Not yeah. maternity? <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> just, well, check, just checking in. <laughs> when you that's get married, an illegal baby. When you get married, you also get pregnant instantly. I don't know if anyone ever told you that, Travis. <laughs> so that, 
So that's what the, what it means when it says, and they lived happily ever after. It's like going to the Pokemon daycare and popping out eggs. <laughs> I mean, I, this is really the only bit of the news article here. Uh, there's just a, uh, in Japan, there's just a legal wedding form that you can use. That wedding form just happens to have a Pikachu in a vest and a um, male Pikachu in a vest and a female Pikachu in a gown. And that's about it. And it says, I choose you above their head, which is kind of cute. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> You're getting married, Travis. Are you going to get... It's true. You better we're not... Go, we're, you better order we're not gonna get married in, We're not going to get married in Japan just so that we can sign a, a Pokemon marriage certificate that neither of us are able to read. No. Just... I just I'll, I'll order you the magazine and then you have the, you'll have the marriage form. Can I just mention just briefly and quickly how disappointing it is in my life that Travis is the one who's getting married first. <laughs> Travis, the youngest of them all. You know, when you put it that way, it is a bit of a bummer. <laughs> you ever hear, have you ever heard the term old maid? I am becoming oh, the definition. Will. No. <laughs> oh, no. Will is a spinster. Is that what they yes, called it? Yes, I am. A spinster? Yes. Yeah, I knit. I'm gonna sit in my rocking chair and <laughs> oh, knit shawls, no. and that'll be me until the day that I go to my grave. The thing that you do knit, though, is the thing. I know exactly. You're wow. setting yourself up for this. I'm just—it's—it's it's my life's. I guess just what I'm migrating into. There you go. No Pikachu marriage for me. <laughs> And what's sad is I have, like, offered to marry, like, at least 40 different guys, and I'm, I'm like, the Brock of marriage proposals, and nope. Thirsty and single. (laughs) You don't even know what thirsty means. (laughs) I watched the Pokemon anime. I've seen Brock in action. I absolutely know what thirsty means. (laughs) I just had a refreshing drink of water. When people say, like... Oh, he sure is a tall drink of water, or whatever. Is that a reference to the fact that they're thirsty? Well, probably thirsty, as a slang came after that. But I'm just putting two and two together, that Mm. sometimes you can describe someone as a tall drink of water, or whatever. And you can be thirsty at the same time. And that's Mm. sort of an interesting interesting confluence of slang. Okay, back to our Pokemon podcast. I see see where you're taking this. Maternity. Uh, Okay, so... Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon Go. Uh, let's talk. Let's start with Pokemon Go Fest, uh, Chicago, Illinois, July twenty second. A date that will live in infamy. <laughs> uh, tickets went on sale the day after we recorded two hundred and seventy. At that was to be expected. At that point in time, when we recorded that episode, we didn't know what was going to be there, and we didn't know price of the tickets. Kind of the two most important things you probably want to know before you buy a ticket. What's the price? What are you going to do? <laughs> At 12 p.m. Central Time, they opened up the ticket queue and revealed what was to be had at the same time. So tickets were $20 each with a $7 surcharge. And then it was $5 or $15 to ship, depending if you wanted USPS or UPS. You could order up to eight tickets, which I heard changed halfway through. I was able to order up to eight. I don't know why I didn't order eight because I probably could have gave two away to listeners or I messed up. I dropped the ball. I ordered six. 
myself, Irene, Micah, Micah's wife, my mom, and my sister, which hopefully don't expect to be driving with me because I don't want to drive with my mom and my sister, nor do I really want to see my mom or my sister at Pokemon Go Fest, but they both really wanted to go, so I got them tickets. Wow. Dude. I don't want them cramping my style. You've got no style. I got Pokemon to catch. Okay. <laughs> tickets sold out in about 31 minutes. According to the park reservation... Some would say... Someone, descri- someone describe that as about 30 minutes. <laughs> a, I, I would say about half an hour. Approximately 31.2 minutes. I say 31 minutes because Niantic tweeted 31 minutes after 12 o'clock. Said tickets are sold out. <laughs> oh, he's national treasuring this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. If you look on minutes. the back side of the tweet, it has a map to the Pokemon <laughs> marriage proposal b- document buried somewhere. Oh. <laughs> you know, in that marriage proposal form, you can't read it because it's Japanese, but one of the lines says, what is your future kid's name? It's already preparing for the baby. No, you know nothing about Japan. No one in Japan has kids anymore. It's like a national crisis. <laughs> Well, that's why they've instituted the policy of immediate pregnancy after marriage. (laughs) So what I gathered from Twitter and from Reddit and some other online sources, some people getting in could only order one ticket. So I don't know if they changed that halfway through. I don't know if those people just missed the drop-down menu that provided multiple options. I trust that most people know what they're doing when they're buying stuff online. So, you know, maybe they were restricted to one. Either way, there were a lot of people upset that they didn't get tickets. On top of, look, I saw nothing but people complain about the system that tickets were being sold at because there are now tickets on eBay for over $200 a ticket, and they are selling for that much because there are, you know, 15 bids on this one, 18 bids on this one. So it's clear that people are paying this much for these tickets. But it is no it is not Niantic's fault that scalpers exist. It is not the Pokemon company's fault scalpers exist. There's probably some system in the world where they could tie tickets to IDs, and I'm not saying I'm for or against that. But don't go online and blame Niantic for this scalper issue because the scalper issue has existed since I don't know, eBay since online sales since probably before oh, that. Before, be- yeah, way before that, like sp- sporting events, like since the dawn of time, have had people standing outside the stadium yelling, like buying and selling tickets and and selling them for exorbitant prices. Like it, uh, I think people would be your your proposed, oh, not necessarily your proposed solution, but the solution that that you mentioned that some people have been mentioning this idea of tying a ticket to a trainer id i i would guess that just as many people would be upset by that because then they would be like i ordered two tickets for my for me and my whoever and and i didn't put their trainer id in correctly and now i wasted x number of dollars either way they would have done it it wouldn't have been perfect and i don't know i don't well, think it's that much of a disaster that people are trying to be opportunistic and sell tickets for more money that's kind of the nature of the thing 
So, yeah, I'll say, I mean, I made it very clear, I think, on Twitter that I consider that, you know, buying up tickets with the express purpose of just selling them again. And I have a screenshot on my phone of like an eBay auction where the tickets were, it was $600 per ticket, which is well, ridiculous. Pokemon Go and Fest or for something else? Pokemon Go Fest. And they, were, they had bids on it. Yep. Um, that I consider that evil, right? Because, I mean, it's just literally taking pleasure and enjoyment away from people who can't afford that, who could have afforded the $20, but, you know, you got in there with whatever hack to hack the ticketing system and snatched up a bunch of tickets and you with just with the intention of, of reselling them for an exorbitant amount and you know you're going to get it. And uh, this is how... What is that awful movie about the people who have to fight to eat? Uh, that's like Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, how, but this issue—this is how that that happens. This issue, though, is not specific to Pokemon Go Fest. It is. Oh no, 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 no! I know specifically, but just—I it, mean, it just—it it makes it worse that it is. I mean, if it's a sporting event, if it's a concert, yes, scalping happens. But this is literally a one-time event, and what's even worse, it's like. You're, you're, you're scalping tickets to like a Rafi show, right? This is like, there's children who would have enjoyed going to this, but ain't gonna, nobody gonna spend $600 to get their 10 year old a ticket to Pokemon Go Fest. I, well, there probably is somebody out there, but they're vile. Um, well, it yeah, also d- doesn't help get... that there's oh, only God. like, they only reserved a park space for 12,000 people. Like, that's not a lot of people. That is a, a gross misunderstanding of the popularity of their application and people's willingness yeah. to travel to support it. I also think that they probably can't have any more people there either because of cell reception. You can't have an internet based. <laughs> you can't nah, have an internet you, based you, you can put event in, you with can... X amount of people because you guys have probably been to stadiums or just big events uh, where there are tons of people and your cell phone has zero bars because you're, everyone's fighting for the same, uh, network tower. Now I, uh, I deploy additional access points all the time when necessary, when we're expecting large crowds in one location. So that's something that can be resolved. And especially if they're working with sprint, right. That they'll get repeaters and stuff in there. That's that I, they, they would be really foolish if they are not putting in repeaters and additional access points. In, in the park for that particular day. But the other thing where, Travis, where you were saying, like, tie it to the trainer ID, how's about this? Do an update to the app, and you can buy a ticket using the app. That and you can buy is probably how it should have. I mean, that would that would have been a great solution. But what happens yeah. to all the people? I, I agree. That sounds like a great solution. My request, if they were to do something like that, is let me buy a plus one without... Like calling Irene at twelve o'clock during the day, where she might be on lunch or she might be in a meeting, and be and ask like, "Hey, what's your trainer ID?" Admit, yeah, maybe I could have got that ahead of time, but yeah, that's, Not, no, the, no, no. She's got to log in on her app and yeah, buy but that's a worse situation. Like, hey, I bought a ticket and you didn't. Yeah. Well, this is great. I'm gonna travel. T- an hour and a half by myself. Look, not everybody gets to have boyfriends, girlfriends, and other friends. <laughs> Some of us are alone for life, so your all your first world problems, you can have them. Just so, just so, like what I was saying before is, I I totally agree, Will, that like that sort of opportunism is evil. It's like small scale rent seeking, and that's like 
also happened. So I agree with you on, on that point. I just also happen to agree with Steve that I don't think there's an easy solution that Niantic or I, is the Pokemon company running this event? I don't know. Whoever is running the event itself. I, it's Niantic's I event, but the Pokemon company is definitely involved. Yeah. I, I don't know that there would have been an easy fix to this. It's, it's clear they're, they're, the space that they have for it is not large enough to sustain all of the demand for it. So you end up having this, you know, low supply, high demand situation. And, you know, like it, yeah, I don't probably aren't a lot of like really easy solutions to that problem is I guess all I'm saying, even though I I do agree that it's, it is a gross thing that people are, are, taking advantage of an event that's like based on a children's video game the other complaint i would have with the login to your law use the app to order a ticket is that you have people with multiple accounts which is against pokemon go's terms of service you're only allowed Ooh, to have one account. People are breaking the terms of service people are breaking unheard of so i was i was at a gym yesterday and You've gyms. never gone to a gym in your life. I, I, yeah, I was at a gym. I was clanging and banging. <laughs> and so I was at a gym yesterday. There were six Pokemon there. Four of those Pokemon were by a trainer Harambe, like, and then enter whatever amount of numbers you want afterwards. I was like, I don't know if in Waukesha a bunch of people with the trainer name Harambe got together. And one, think that joke is still funny in 2017. And two, all decided to come to this gym. So to me, it's clear that that person has four different accounts. They took over the gym. They were able to put four Pokemon in that gym at once, which makes it more stable to keep that gym for longer. But that person, not only are they breaking terms of service of having more than one account, they also now have four opportunities to get tickets. And if you're already trying to game the system Pokemon Go wise to get more coins in the game uh, you're probably also going to try to get <laughs> I don't know to me you seem more likely to also resell tickets because yeah you obviously um, have never uh, met teenage boys and groups of teenage boys and I can easily imagine that there are four teenage boys in Waukesha who think Harambe is absolutely hilarious uh, I don't buy that <laughs> I mean, sure. I'm. Are they also playing Pokemon Go? <laughs> yes. I mean, they're still they're still into Harambe. I mean, they're they're still <laughs> locked in that exact time period in our meme history. So probably. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about what's going to be at this festival. Like I said, I'm going. I got the tickets. The first bit of the first uh, you know bullet point here of what's going to be at the festival is increased Pokemon encounters. Catch a wide variety of Pokemon, including some that have never be, including some that have never been seen before in Grant Park. This is a great way to fill some gaps in your Pokedex. The image shows Heracross being caught at Grant Park, and as we know, Heracross is a regional specific Pokemon. Ooh. It only exists in South America, but if you're in Mexico or if you're at the tip of Florida trying to make your way to Cuba, you'll you have a chance of. Seeing Heracross as well. 
Second bullet point is challenges and rewards. Work together with thousands of trainers in the park and millions around the world to complete challenges throughout the day and unlock in-game rewards globally. More details about these challenges and rewards will be revealed in the coming week. Weeks. So that's cool. If you're not at the event, it looks like they want a lot of people playing that day. Uh, and there will be rewards for everyone. There's an exclusive in-app medal. Unlock an exclusive Pokemon Go Fest Chicago medal for your profile page. First of its kind. I think this alludes to that the fact that there will be more fests around the world. And Chicago is just the first. This is also something that Ingress di- does with their events. Anytime Ingress has an event and you go to it, you will get an exclusive medal for that event. Special Pokestops. Lace up your most comfortable walking shoes. Put the Crocs on and get ready for Pokemon Go Fest walking course lined with Pokestops that award a special 2K egg, which can only be attained at Grant, at Grant Park. There's rumors and speculations that these 2K eggs will include either Smeargle or Delibird, since those are the only two non-legendary Gen 2 Pokemon that are not in the game. Probably not Delibird, given, like, that's clearly a They're Christmas saving that event Christmas. thing, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think so too, but, yeah, I, I until somebody said that, I didn't really think of, like, oh, yeah, Smeargle and Delibird are missing. But maybe the, the special... 2K eggs also could hatch like a Corsola or Farfetch or something. We don't know. Team lounges. Cool off and recharge in one of the three team lounges where you will meet fellow Instinct, Mystic, or Valor teammates. That sounds great. I was playing Pokemon Go this morning, and I don't remember what team I joined, and I can't figure out how to find out. What? You just click on your Wait, when did your you join the icon. team? Oh, a long time ago. You click on your face icon and look at what bird's behind you. I thought you were, like, adamantly oh. anti-team. And so there was something that happened that required that I be on a team. So I joined Yellow Team. Yay Instinct. for Yellow. Yay. I'm on Instinct, too. Photo ops commer- comm- commemorate the experience by, I don't know, woo, by snapping a photo with your favorite Pokemon at the many awesome opportunities around the park. Also, you can get in the park an hour early, so Pokemon Go Fest starts at 10, but you can get in at 9 if you are a Sprint or Boost Mobile customer. Uh, It says Sprint or Boost Mobile customers visit a participating store to get access to Pokemon Go Fest Chicago one hour early. Plus, all trainers are invited to visit Sprint and Boost Mobile Pokestops at the Fest to get your exclusive Pokemon Go level up patches and a free code for special in-game items. I don't know what that means. What is a level up patch? Like a real patch? Like a patch yeah. for your bag, maybe. For my like, or, like jean jacket that I can iron on? Yeah. That 90s nostalgia is very powerful these days. Also, if you're staying at either the Fairmount Chicago or the Switzel Hotel Chicago. Swiss, Swiss Hotel. Swiss Hotel. Uh, you will get discounted rates, and you will also get access to the Pokemon Go Fest at 9 o'clock instead of 10 o'clock. I don't think this is a big deal. I saw a couple people complain about it. They made partnerships. You know, a few hundred people will get into the park an hour early. I don't... It's not like they're going to be taking something from you. 
Yeah, those people are going to get the best Pokemon. Yeah, I was going to make first. the same joke. All the good Pokemon are gone. <laughs> they took all the Heracross. We only had 20 Heracross for the day. They're all gone. <laughs> we can go through this. Uh, exit and re-enter policy for those of you going. Uh, you are allowed to uh, re-enter the festival throughout the day. Uh, you will be. You will have to have your ticket to re-enter. Sorry, not your ticket. You will get a wristband. The festival will go from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. on July 22nd. And you are allowed to bring in a backpack, but no frame. You are allowed to have binoculars, blankets, sheets, and towels, a camera without a detachable lens, mo uh, monopod, selfie sticks, tripods, GoPro mounts, other attachments not allowed. A GoPro is allowed without accessories. Sunscreen is allowed. You are allowed to bring empty water bottles. And you may bring two factory... <laughs> you may bring two factory sealed water bottles. Up to one liter each and refill them throughout the day at our free water stations. I, I really like this. I really like that. Factory sealed. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I just but, think it's but, funny. All that, that means the, is that, that they haven't been opened. I know. I, I just think it, they could just say unopened water bottles. Uh Probably if they said unopened, someone would be like, well, I taped it closed. <laughs> yeah, some, something like that. The following items are prohibited. No e-cigs or vaping devices. No aerosol containers. No professional audio recording equipment. No video, professional video recording equipment. No professional cameras. I don't, this is, these are the, the strangest things, I guess. The audio and the video, it seems like they want to control what is getting out there, even though they're allowing now, GoPros. Now, uh, let me give you, you want, you want the Washington, D.C. perspective? Are they, they going to have music there? Is that the thing? No. Nope. Okay, give me the D.C., give me the, give me the D lowdown. They do not want to have to pay to have metal detectors and scanning for everybody going in and out of Grant Park, so nothing that has any amount of technology that could be confused for a bomb. And so, like, a point-and-shoot camera, which is allowed, that's very easy to go, oh, that's just a $99 camera that you got at Target. And also small enough that even if it was a bomb, it's not going to be a very big bomb. <laughs> wow, it right? got dark. Sure. I guess that you make a good point. When I carry my audio equipment from place to place, like Boston or Seattle, I've gotten stopped so many times, and people have asked me, like, hey, is there a gun in there? Well, not even that, but right, you've got that huge heavy case, and that is a lot of technology, technology, a lot of circuitry and everything like that. They, they don't want to have to pay for a TSA level scanning for people going in and out of Grant Park on this day. And just can you imagine the lines and how angry people would be? Just hire a magneton to, to, as your metal detector. <laughs> sure. No, those were all but taken. Had, like those were all taken before ten o'clock. Oh yeah, <laughs> all the Boost Mobile customers. <laughs> Right. How many people attended PAX East and those those incredibly horrible lines and everything like that? Yeah, that, we was, that was skipped. pretty awful. Whoops. <laughs> I don't no, know how we, that I happened. called. I called and it was okay to skip because we had badges to skip. It Is was, that why we were let through? Yeah. Yep. Okay. If you're <laughs> sure. It felt kind of wild. <laughs> but either way. I, I really feel that this is just a security precaution, and they're like, be here, be in the moment, we can't afford 
a huge security thing for this event. So just deal with what you get. That makes sense. Uh, a couple more things that are uh, on the list. No drones, no flags or banners, no coolers, unless uh, it is for medical use. No framed backpacks, no hammocks. Travis, got to leave your hammock at home. Ah, dag. No glass containers, no firearms, no drugs, no illicit drugs, uh, no outside food or beverages Beverages besides the factory seal, no umbrellas, no walkie-talkies, no pets unless it's a service am- animal, no skateboards, scooters, bicycle, wagons, carts, any motorized vehicles, no tents, no chairs, no inflatable <laughs> rafts or furniture. And no unauthor- <laughs> no solicitation materials, including handbills, flyers, stickers, beach balls, giveaways, samples, etc. Yeah, oh, I really love that they have to say. Experience. I love that they have to say no inflatable rafts. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it is next to a lake. Yeah. How else are you supposed to get the water Pokemon if you don't venture out? <laughs> very good point, Steve. Well, you've got to have one that knows surf. Well, after all the Sprint customers take the good Pokemon, all that's left is what you can get on your raft. So that's it. Uh, I will be going. You guys will not be going. No. Some people asked me in Slack if there was going to be a meetup. I I think so. I think we can arrange that. Uh, The the festival ends at 7. I would prefer the meetup be after the festival, so there's no... So there's no, like, distraction of the festival. I wouldn't want to be like, hey, let's meet at 4, and then all of a sudden they announce that there's a Zapdos here at 4, and then everyone works together to get... I just don't... I just think it'd be better suited after the festival. Yeah, and then everybody can just take their time for, like, oh, how long they want to stay at the meetup, and, exactly. you know, if they want to stay for a couple hours, that's cool. If they only want to stay for half an hour and, and take off, then, yeah, there, there's no constraint there. All right. I want to go to the meetup. Come on over. Actually, I, I don't think my sister's going anymore, so I might have one extra ticket. I, but I could sell it for like six hundred dollars, and then you That's can true. you can come, but you just can't get in. <laughs> That's so true because a plane ticket to Chicago is like two hundred dollars round trip. So I can get you the cost covered, <laughs> but you're gonna have to buy your own two hundred dollar ticket. Uh, all I right. Wonder. Hmm. Or $600 ticket, as it were. Yeah. Okay, so there is an update on cheaters in Pokemon Go. I get a lot of satisfaction. They never prosper. I get a lot of satisfaction from people getting banned for cheating. I don't feel bad for them in any way. I have no sympathy for them. It just makes me happy. And it shouldn't, but it does. Uh, so this is off of the Silk Road on Reddit. This is specifically from Niantic. They made their own post on the Silk Road. Niantic George is uh, the one who made this post, verified by Reddit. I think there's also Niantic Paul. I don't. There's there's another person that comments on on Reddit stuff. But titled update on Pokemon caught using third party services that circ- circumvent normal gameplay. George writes, with the announcement of raid battles and new battle features, we are staying true on our commitment to ensure that Pokemon Go continues to be a fun and fair experience for all trainers. Starting today, Pokemon caught using third-party services that circumvent normal gameplay will appear marked with a slash in the inventory and may not behave as expected. 
We are humbled by the excitement for all the new features we announced yesterday, which we'll get to. This is a, one small part of our continued commitment of maintaining the integrity of our community and delivering an amazing Pokemon Go experience. I uh, tweeted a screenshot of what this looks like. Pretty much any Pokemon caught with a third-party app or however these cheaters are, are getting their Pokemon, you'll see a red slash through them. Somebody commented here the may not behave as expected part that Niantic is referring to. It seems like those Pokemon's moves become splash and struggle. <laughs> so if you caught a Dragonite, quote unquote, illegally, your Dragonite now knows splash and struggle and you get the red slash of shame. I believe you can still trade them away and get your one candy and, and whatnot. I apologize if you already... Explain this while I was looking something up for Pokemon of the Week. But how, what third-party applications are we talking about here? Well, this this is obviously um, Android users to start with. Number one, I don't think there's mm -hmm. any iPhone hack. Uh, unless you jailbreak your iPhone. Maybe. Well, then you're no better than an Android user. <laughs> Wait, I love Android <laughs> users. Y'all cool. <laughs> Lots of listeners turning off their episode right now. Oh. Uh, Niantic won't comment on what apps are being used. I don't think they want to draw attention to those apps. And I yeah. don't... I, I heard of two of them, but I don't, I don't remember what the names were off the top of my head. There, there, are also, there are also apps that change your location. So it's like, oh, I don't get Sandshrew in my area because I live in the Midwest. I'm going to change my location to Arizona. Oh, look uh, at all these sand shrews. This is going back a bit, but that statement's use it's it, the statement you read said uh we are humbled by all of the excitement about the new features or something like that. And I recently had a conversation with a uh, past uh guest on this show, David. Uh, well, he mentioned that people use humbled or or like, oh, it's so humbling to see yada yada in, in just a completely backwards way. Like, oh, everyone is like so jazzed about all of the awesome things we're doing. I'm so, it's, that is making me so humble that everyone just loves the heck out of me. <laughs> like, it's such a backwards usage of that word. And this is a perfect example of it. It's just funny to me. I mean, I'm not the I'm not like a linguistic prescriptivist, but I, I it's still fu it's still funny to see like people basically bragging by using the word uh, like I'm so humbled. It's just funny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I got something wrong here. I got an article from Polygon. Allegra Frank, of course, on top of this. Does anyone else at that website write anything about Pokemon? <laughs> I, no, I think Allegra Frank has a cover. She has the market cornered. She has beat. the monopoly over, over there at Polygon. Uh, without getting into specifics, the developer said that Pokemon caught using third-party services that circu circumvent gameplay would appear with a slash in the player's Pokedex as well as act differently than normal Pokemon. They won't collect candy when transferred. I was mistaken on that. But they can still evolve. And apparently, according to Reddit, According to Polygon, which is reporting on Reddit, quote, 
So there was talk about the slash going away upon evolution. Well, I can confirm that it does indeed disappear after the slash Pokemon evolves, wrote user CB325 on the Silk Road. My little brother just evolved a 100% Dratini with a slash into a Dragonair with no slash. Looks like a huge oversight on Niantic's part, end quote. Of course, this doesn't work on Dragonites or Snorlaxes since they can't evolve, but there are screenshots of the Dratini evolving and the slash going away. So hopefully they fix that, I suppose. They'll get to it. New update came out. Not everything was available at once. As of this recording, I think pretty much everything is available. Uh, Pokemon Go updated to version 0.67.1 on Android and 1.37.1 on iOS. This update includes gym features significantly updated to add the all-new motivation system. Added new gym badge feature. Added in-app and push notification system for gyms. Added raid battles, a new cooperative gaming experience. Added four new items only available by completing raid battles. Added raids tabs to the nearby screen. Added search functionality to Pokemon collection screen. Uh, and then finally, added a visual indicator to unvisited Pokestops. So that's what the update entailed. Those bullet points doesn't seem like, a, well, maybe to you it seems like a lot, but there are a lot of changes that were unsaid that we can talk about. Let's talk about the update as a whole. I told you guys that this was going to be a Pokemon Go heavy episode because there are all these changes. Did you guys happen to go out and experience the changes on your own? I Pokemon Go'd just this very morning in anticipation of recording this episode, and I was very confused. All right, spit it to me. What's confusing? Well, I don't know if you saw my Twitter, but the first thing that happened when it started was I got a completely blank field, like there had never been a Pokestop or Pokemon in the world ever. And even like the nearby indicator was blank. (laughs) That's happened to me since like day one. It just takes forever to like load in. (laughs) No, no, no. I had to like completely quit the application and restart it three times before it picked up <laughs> it's a fun like challenge mode for the for the game no it's just it's Try just playing like, this game with nothing in it it's an abstract version of pokemon go it's like yeah. pokemon no go there is nothing here walk around an empty world and don't collect imaginary <laughs> friends <laughs> you you may continue to go but you will not you will not be rewarded for your action. There'll be, there's, there's no reward, and, and all you do is wander through an empty world, much like your real life. It's just like life. Oh. oh. Did, uh, Anyways. Did you see the new gyms? Did you see any raids? Well, yes. Uh, let me tell you my story. I, I did see the pop-up on my screen that it's like, a raid will be starting near you so, soon, and it had a little colored egg on top of it. What level I, are you? It, uh, well, i 13. You're 13 and you saw a raid? I I saw a warning about a raid. I didn't oh, see yeah, yeah. the sorry. actual raid. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it notifies everyone, but you have to be 20. As of, as of this morning, you have to be 25 to participate. Well, I'm 44, and I guess my opportunities <laughs> to participate have passed me by. Um, anyways, I passed by my normal. <laughs> that's this episode is going to be full of it. Uh, I, I did pass by my normal Pokestops. I noticed that I got a Great Ball from one of the Pokestops and a Nanabe uh, Berry from one of them. And then I did make an effort to go to the uh, Newark Street Community Garden, which is a gym, and it's owned by Team Yellow. 
I couldn't put a Pokemon in there and I couldn't fight because it's I guess it's because it's the people on my own team. But what I could do is feed all the Pokemon that were in there berries. Yes. To to boost their enthusiasm. And I was just like thinking to myself, I can make sure that these trainers never get their Pokemon back because I'll just walk by here twice a day and feed them up on berries and they'll just never want to leave the gym and they're never going to get their Pokemon back. That's good for those people, though, because then they get it's those Poke coins. It's not good for those people. You don't get the what? coins until your Pokemon returns you from the gym. You do not get the coins until those Pokemon return oh. to you. <laughs> let's let's talk about the gym stuff real quick because I've done a lot of gym stuff the last couple of days. I love the new gym system. Uh, it has its. It, it's not perfect. I said this on Twitter. I think it's better than the old system. I think there are still kinks that need to be worked out. The old system was there were 10 levels, and so level 1 would have one Pokemon, level 2 would have two Pokemon, and then level 10 would have 10 Blissies. So in order to take over the gym, you would have to break down all those levels and then put a Pokemon in, and then there was the, the training mode where you, if you were a Mystic and there was a Mystic Pokemon there, you could train and level up your Pokemon and then add the Pokemon. Very time-consuming. There was also the coin thing of the old gym. You could collect coins every 20, I think it was 21 hours or 20 hours, and you would get 10 coins. So if you put a Pokemon in the gym, you could go to the shop, you could hit defend, you would get your 10 coins right away, and then you would have to wait 20 to 21 hours. Sorry, I don't know the number off the top of my head. If after 20 hours you own three gyms and you hit that button, you get 30 coins. And there was a max limit of 100 coins a day. The new system is was you get one coin an hour that your Pokemon is in a gym. And a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, I mean Reddit and Twitter, lost their minds. They didn't think this was fair or fun because if you put a Pokemon in the gym and it only lasted 15 minutes, you got nothing. Whereas before, you would at least get 10 coins. Now, if you were like me and you put three Pokemon in the gym and you saw that they're sitting there for 10 hours... You're like, all right, I got 30 coins coming my way eventually. This is more coins than I've ever gotten because on the old system, personally, I only got up to 10 coins. And that's if I ever did a gym, which was rarely ever because it was mostly filled with blissies. So after, so not even a, uh, so a day later, they changed it again. So it went from one coin per 10 minutes, which by the way is, is better. If you break it down, you could get 20, 24 coins. For 24 hours, where the old system was 10 coins for 20 hours. So technically, you were getting double coins, but people complained. And whatever, that's fine. I I get what they were saying. Now the new system is one coin per every 10 minutes, which equals six coins per hour. They also changed with that. Instead of a 100 coin a day limit, it is a 50 coin a day limit. And why coins matter is because that is the paid currency in the game. So something like an incubator is 150 coins or $1.50. If you can hold a gym on the new system for three days and get 50 coins each day, that gives you a free incubator. So that's why the coins are somewhat important to people. One coin, in a, one coin every 10 minutes, 50 coins a day, that averages to about, if you have one Pokemon that sits in a gym for about nine hours, you hit the quota of coins only if they come back to you that day which leads to the second pro are you are you guys following 
Kind of. Or have your eyes glazed over. A little bit. Okay, so here's kind of the problem with it. So I had two Pokemon that were at 48 hours at a gym. That means after nine hours, they would have already hit the cap of 50 coins. But you can only collect 50 coins a day. I had both those Pokemon come back to me yesterday. So I got 50 coins. When if one came back... If if one would have came back yesterday and one would have came back today, that's 50 coins for Saturday and then that's 50 coins for Sunday. But since they both came back at the same day, I only uh, you hit the cap of 50. For example, at 12:30 this morning, I hit the cap of 50. I had a Kabuto that I put to a Kabutops. Uh that Kabutops was there for over 9 hours. I think exactly 9 hours. Came back, got my 50 coins. So that means any Pokemon I put in the gyms today, if they come back today, I don't get any more coins. But if I can put at least one or two Pokemon in tonight, and if they can make it overnight and come back to me sometime on Monday, then I get my 50 coins. It's almost like after after nine hours, you hope your gym gets defeated, which I think is... Okay, so after I've explained all of this, I think it's weird that you want, after a specific amount of time, you want your gym to be defeated, otherwise you don't get paid out. Like, if I go all day Monday with none of my Pokemon coming out, I don't get any coins. And that doesn't really make sense. Like, if I'm successfully defending the gym that long, shouldn't I get something for it? It does seem strange. I mean, I agree. Yes. So that's the, that, that's the coin system. I really like it. Uh, you have to... The gyms themselves, you have to defeat all six Pokemon, and then it lowers their CP. So what Will saw this morning, uh, that would be... So CP at the gyms can drain over time, and that's to encourage people to then take the gyms of like, oh, all these Pokemon are at 80% health instead of 100% health. I think this is doable. And then somebody like Will can come along and give those people berries. Will gets a benefit from giving them berries. The people... Do I really? Yeah, you get Stardust, and I haven't seen it firsthand, but let's say there's a Blissey there, and you give it a berry, it's possible that you can get Chansey Candy back. That's what people are saying. I haven't seen that, so I'm not going to say that's verified, but I do know for sure you get Stardust. Uh, Also, there's a little medal in your collection that says, like, give a thousand berries to get a gold medal. So you Stardust do, is one of my favorite songs of all time, so I'm looking forward to that. One of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, so, if you can whittle down the gym, you can then put a Pokemon at the gym. And this encourages team uh, teams working together. So, if I take down a gym solo, and I put my Pokemon in the gym, and I walk away, it's very easy for another team to come up and go, oh, there's only one Pokemon here, knock it out, put their Pokemon in. So it is really helpful when you are with other people you're playing with. So if I'm with Irene and my mom, for example, because they're both on Team Mystics, not only can we take the gym down faster because all three of us can participate at once, once that gym is complete, three Pokemon can go in right away, and we can start collecting the bonus. So that's pretty much how the gym system works. It's still tap as fast as you can. They, the, the, the actual battling itself I don't think is that fun. It's mostly a tap fest, but I like the concept of working together. I like the concept of how the coins pay out now. I like that it's that there's badges. I like that there's 
only six people, and those Pokemon cannot be the same. Can't put six Blissies in. So if there's already a Blissey or there's already a Charizard, you can't also put your own in, which is nice. I would say that it adds variety, but most gyms are Tyranitar, Dragonite, Blissey, Gyarados, Rhydon, and then like Vaporeon, since those are still kind of the best Pokemon in the game. Would you like the local Washington, D.C. gym report? Yeah, gym it up. Can you see the gym from your house? I can see a lot of gyms from my house. I have one Gyarados, one Venusaur, one... Who is that? Wow. What? Uh, Who is um, that Pokemon? Oh, it's, uh, it's um, Electabuzz. Oh, Electabuzz. <laughs> one Flareon. One that's a yellow egg. So that's a raid starting. Another one that's a yellow egg. Yep, there you go. That's your local Washington, D.C. gym report. And a Zatu Natu just showed up in my building. Let me capture him. All right. Well, you capture them. Let's talk about the raids, which I think are more appealing to maybe somebody who doesn't like gyms. So you have to be at least 25 to raid. Travis, what level are you? 24. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Bummer. All right. So, you have to be at least 25 to raid. It started at 35. Everyone was upset, even though Niantic said this is a test period. They moved it down to 31. They moved it down to 28. And then they moved it down to 25. It's been 25 for a while now. So, this is how raids work. A raid will appear over a gym. And it will have a two-hour countdown of saying that raid is going to start in two hours. If you can see the gym on your map you'll get the raid notification. If you cannot see a gym, you'll never get that a, a raid is nearby. So I saw about 20 different raids yesterday. I would say about 10 of them were in countdown phase, so I didn't stick around to wait to what Pokemon is there. And there are different levels of raid, level one, two, three, and four. So the very first raid I got, so once the raid countdown is done, then a Pokemon appears and you have an hour to start and or complete that raid. And up to 20 people can participate in a raid and work together to knock out that Pokemon. And if you knock it out, you get a chance to catch that Pokemon. So they give you 13 Premier Balls, a very fancy ball. The Premier Balls have the same catch rate as a normal Pokeball. You can use your Raspberries or your uh, Pinap Berries, whatever you want. You can use your Berries. But you cannot use any other ball besides the 13 Premier Balls. If you're out of Premier Balls, if you run out of Premier Balls, you do not capture the Pokemon, which happened to me. Went to Mayfair Mall with Irene because I wanted to see the gym situation there. Both uh, gyms had raids on. One was a Weezing. One was a Muck. I already had Weezing, so I had no interest in participating in that raid. You get one raid pass a day for free for going to any gym. If you... Don't use that raid pass. For example, if you get a raid pass on Friday and you use it on Saturday, you still get your free pass for Saturday, but you're, you do not stack passes. You can only have one at a time, so keep that in mind. So I had my raid pass from Friday. Yesterday, I used it on that muck. I am a level 27. Most of my Pokemon are about 2,200 CP. The muck, I think, was at 11,000 CP, if I recall correctly. I was able to defeat the muck solo with about 10 seconds left. And then I failed to catch it, which was really disappointing. So I got my other raid pass for the day because, again, I used my Friday raid pass on Saturday. I got my Saturday raid pass. I went downtown Waukesha. I saw another muck raid. I used my raid pass. I was able to catch it this time. Again, I finished in like six seconds. 
So it is possible to solo level the Muck and Weezing are level 2 raids. Which already tells me that there's no way I could solo a level 3 raid. From what I'm seeing with report-wise, it seems like you need at least 5 people to do a level 3 raid. And people are saying you need at least about 10 people to do a level 4 raid. The, uh, the other thing I saw is I bought a... So you can buy raid passes. There are a dollar, 100 Poke coins. I saw a Magikarp raid. So that's a level 1. And I was like, whoa, I need to know what this raid is about. So I participated in the Magikarp raid against Solo. Uh, it only took one Pokemon out of my six. Uh, the Magikarp was not shiny. It was not breathtaking, which meant means it has good IVs. There was nothing particularly exciting about that. I guess my test was really... R raid Pokemon, good IV'd Pokemon. I guess that was my test. And the Magikarp I caught from the raid was nothing out of the ordinary. It was just a standard Magikarp. It's strong at heart, though. Yeah. I mean, it had 4,000 CP. That's pretty good for a Magikarp. When I caught it, it had 134 CP, which is a little disappointing. And it wasn't breathtaking. I wanted to know what a level 1 raid was compared to a level 2. Uh, extremely easy. I have a chart of the level raid, the raids that exist here. So there are four level one raids. One's a Magikarp, one's a Crocona, one's a Bayleaf, and one's a Quilava. So if you're looking for Johto evolved starter Pokemon, level one raid is soloable. Solo I mean, I'm level 27, almost 28 as the time of this recording. So I think anyone should be able to take those. Your level two raids are Electabuzz, Executor, Magmar, Muck, and Weezing. Again, those are all, at least for me, solo-able. You kind of got to work quick because both I ended. You have a timer, and if you can't defeat the Pokemon at the end of the timer, you don't, you don't get the opportunity to catch it. Uh, I said wheezing. So level three, Vaporeon, Arcanine, Machamp, Jolteon, Gengar, Flareon, Alakazam. Seems like you need at least five people with that. And then if you see a level four raid, you're going to get Lapras, Blastoise, Venusaur, Charizard, Snorlax, Rhydon and Tyranitar. So those are the raids that exist. I would assume they would rotate or change those Pokemon. I mean, out of 250 Pokemon, that's only, what, 20? Mm, they'll probably rotate them with time. Keep it interesting. Yeah. Got some fun facts about raids here. Uh, you can get 3,000 XP from a raid, completing a raid, which is hatching three 10k eggs or catching 30 Pokemon with no bonus. You can get rare candy from raids. Uh, so rare candy is just as what it is. Uh, if you have 97 Squirtle candy or and you have three rare candy, you can then use that 100 to up evolve your Wartortle into a Blastoise. You can get TMs from raids. Uh, TMs let you teach your Pokemon new moves. I believe it's rolling the dice, so you just apply it to a Pokemon and it randomly assigns it a new move. You can get super raspberries instead of regular raspberries, which uh, raspberry, as Will talked about this morning, can power up Pokemon at gyms, but you can also use a raspberry in battle to increase the rate of catching it. A super raspberry increases that rate even further to catch it. You get. Yeah, I was wondering why it only showed me the raspberries at the gym and whether I could switch to a different berry. You Thank can. Thank you for clearing that up for me. Yes, you can in the lower left-hand corner. You can switch. I usually do oh. the bananas because the bananas are kind of useless. Banana bees? Yeah. All right. A lot of people would use their coins to buy incubators because if you hatch a 10k egg, that gives you 1,000 XP. But 
This is a kind of a cheaper way to get XP if you're XP grinding because you get 3,000 for completing a raid. Even if it's a level 1 raid, I got 3,000 for Magikarp. I got 3,000 for both Mucks I did. Those are some fun facts about raids. I think it's a great system. It's funny because last week we talked about a Pokemon MMO. And now, like, now we kind of have that, I guess. Like, up to 20 people defeating a very powerful Pokemon and working together. Yeah, don't stretch it. No, definitely <laughs> not. Like, that's what all of World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy Endgame is. Okay, we get to the boss. There's 32 of us. We got to work together to take yeah, out the boss. Yeah. So just remind me in, like, September, because that's when all the American University students will be back. And since there's, like, the five gyms in our neighborhood... I'll be able to see if I see like 20 American University students standing around trying to defeat some sort of raid boss or something like that. They they may just do it. Yeah. I I would assume that at a, at highly populated areas you're going to get more people to do that. Like obviously this is probably going to be all around Pokémon Go Fest and obviously all those people will be playing but if it's a college campus and a raid pops and people are still playing Pokemon Go, I think it's pretty obvious, pretty easy to like look around and see who's playing and who's not playing. I also have no shame of like, to me, it's very easy to pinpoint who's playing Pokemon Go. Like it's like okay, we're standing near a gym. These two people are looking at their phone. They're swiping up in a specific way. They're clearly yeah. playing Pokemon Go, so. My icebreaker is usually like, hey, what team are you on? Oh, Mystic. Oh, cool. Hey, do you want to like take out this gym? <laughs> hey, do you want to take out this gym together? Oh, cool. Uh, which is exactly what happened yesterday. Uh, Irene and I met these older folks. They were on Mystic. Uh, Irene and wa I walked over to a gym to specifically take the gym out, but they did it before we got there. And then all four of us put our Pokemon there, talked a little bit, and then walked away. And it was really great. So yeah, I'm sorry. I've talked so much about Pokemon Go, but I it's such a big It's the big hot news of the time, dude. Yeah, it's it's, it's a cool game. Ah, uh, there's a bunch I'm, of Well, I I <laughs> I mean, I'm still making the choice, right? Cuz I'm either reading Twitter or playing Pokemon Go. That's the way my life works. I can do one or the other. Yeah, but the watch and changed my life, Will. The Apple Watch. I love my Apple. You do see how like I totally gayed out my Apple Watch. I may just I did. That's very cool. <laughs> I may just get back into the Pokemon Go and say goodbye to Twitter. This is No, no, no. This is what you can do, Will. You turn on the Apple Watch with Pokemon Go, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You, you get your steps for the eggs. You get the little buzz when there's a Pokemon nearby. But then you read Twitter, and you're still getting your steps. You're still looking at your watch to see if there's any good Pokemon. That's the thing. That's why it changed my life. But... I have to kind of know where the gym is, though. Well, that's what I do. I, I look at Pokemon Go, I look at the gym, and then I start walking in that direction, but then I read Twitter as I walk in that direction. Pre-game mm. it. Pre-plan. All right. I'll, I'll try to work it out. All Let's right. see. Let's see if I can... I do enjoy my Apple Watch. And you said they fixed the Pokemon Go on the Apple Watch. Did this update change the Apple Watch uh, implementation at all? No, no, no change. I, I have noticed it's been uh, more stable since the update. On my Apple Watch, I would open the app, it would crash right away, and then I would open the app one more time, and that would work fine. So far, uh, ever since the update, it's worked the first time every time. All right. 
So yeah, this may be a solution. We, I probably missed something out of, uh, probably missed something out of all this news, and I apologize. Uh, but if I if I miss something, we'll we'll just talk about it next week, or if or if there's any changes, it seems like, uh, Niantic has not been shy of making slight changes under the hood these last couple days, especially with all these new features rolling out. So with that being said, let's take a quick break. and we come back, we'll do a couple emails. Travis has our Pokemon of the Week, and uh, we will be right back. Microsoft. Uh, they had the best presentation because they had this voice that kept saying, Exclusive. 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 Like over and over and over. And it was great. And it was like literally the same voice every single time. Exclusive. And we are back from our break. Let's uh, tackle some emails here. I don't know how many we'll do. We, I, I ran so long with the Pokemon Go stuff. I talked so much. I'm sorry. If you have an email that you want to send our way, questions, comments, concerns, you can send those to sbj at pkmncast.com. S, in, S, in, S as in Steve, B as in Black, J as in Junior. Uh, or you can go to PokemonPodcast.com and hit that contact button. Uh, first message is from Gavin from Woodland Hills, California. Hi, SBJ and co-hosts. I'm a new listener and I love your podcast. I'm just a kid, but my dad sets up my podcast for me when I go to bed. If it's okay, I have three questions. One. Not okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. One. I'm kidding. What is your favorite Pokemon? Two. Where do you make the podcast? And three. Can you tell us? Pokemon of the week earlier than it's happening. When I listen, I'm going to bed, and most of the time I fall asleep before I get to it. <laughs> I am just, my heart just grew three sizes. <laughs> I love this a lot. Thanks, uh, and never stop making your podcast. It's my favorite, Gavin. I love this so much. I can go first on my favorite Pokemon. My favorite Pokemon is Piloswine. Uh, it's the ice and ground type uh, fluffy friend introduced in the second generation of Pokemon games. Piloswine is great and fluffy and um, looks like it would um, be just, just very relaxed, and I like it a lot. Well, well my, my favorite Pokemon is usually Cyndaquil, but for the month of June, it's Florges. Nice. No question. Uh, as of this recording, my favorite Pokemon is Nidoran male. What? Yeah. The little one? Yeah. All right. He rocks. I mean, sure. I mean, sure. He's so cool. It might I actually, have, I usually call him Nidoran dude. It might have nothing to do with he was my first 100% perfect Pokemon in Pokemon Go. <laughs> but I love him a lot now. Is that like a shiny? 
No, it's just like the IV thing. So in Pokemon Go, if you hit the little appraise button, if it's perfect and you're on Team Mystic, everyone says something a little different. But if you're on Team Mystic, it'll, says, it'll say, this Pokemon is breathtaking. And then it'll say, its best attribute is HP. But then if, it, if it's perfect, it'll go, oh, its best attribute is HP. Oh, also, its best attribute is defense. Oh, also, its attack is... It, it, it says it for all three. And if it says it for all three, then it's 100% perfect. So it's like a 31, 31, 31 in the, in the game. Oh, appraise. All right. What was the second question? Where do we make the podcast? Yes. Is that what the second question? So this is, this is quite interesting. We use the magic of the internet to, maybe you're asking like what room in our house do we record? But if, if you're wondering if we all get together in one spot to record a podcast, we actually don't given that. We live very, uh, in different places. Steve lives on the other side of Lake Michigan from me. Steve in Milwaukee and myself uh, in little Muskegon, Michigan. And uh, Will down there in Washington, D.C. Uh, and we hop on a Skype call and each record audio from... Well, I record from my bedroom. I don't know about the two of you. I record from an office. Mine is what should be the dining room, kind of. <laughs> I mean, what what does dining room mean when you live all by yourself with your dog and cat? You know, the cat is my dining room. So, Will, here, I'll, I'll help you out. It says, for Mystic, it says, overall, your Pokemon is wonderful. What a breathtaking Pokemon. For Instinct, which is you, it'll say, overall, your Pokemon looks like it can really battle with the best of them. And then if you're on Valor, it would say, overall, your Pokemon simply amazes me. It can accomplish anything. So my Vulpix says, uh, hey, wash in the sink. You want me to check out your Vulpix? Overall, your Vulpix looks like it can really battle with the best of them. All right. Its best quality is its attack. Its stats are the best I've ever seen. No doubt about it. Your Vulpix is just huge. Yes. So the size thing doesn't matter. So it says it's that- the motion of the ocean. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'll usually no. really cut that out, especially since we're addressing a child. <laughs> So it does the first phase, which is, is is it possible to be perfect? Which yours is possible to be perfect. That's why it says it can really battle with the best of them. Then it has th- it, it has the three stats, HP, defense, and attack. Those are the only stats in Pokemon Go that matter. So your set attack. So that means your attack is 15 out of 15 for Ivies. So it says your stats is the best I've seen, no doubt about it. That means your other two stats are good. They're just not perfect. Perfect. So if it said, like, your Vulpix is, can battle with the best of them, and then it said its strongest is attack, but then it goes, its stats are strong, impressive, that means that IV is either 13 or 14, and not 15. Close, but not. What was the final, uh, oh, uh, can we, am I, Steve, I'm, uh, am I allowed to say that Pokemon of the Week early? Yeah. The Pokemon of the Week this week is Lapras. And we'll get to that later. But Lapras is the Pokemon of the week. Sometimes we say it earlier in the episode. I don't know why. I I don't know why we keep it a secret, really. <laughs> Especially because you can <laughs> you can look at the show notes and see what the Pokemon of the week is. Uh, thanks for writing in, Gavin. Appreciate it. Uh, this email is from Sarah from Yakami, Washington. Yakimi, Yakimia. When when you get that far out west, the, <laughs> it's almost as if it's a different language. 
Uh, she writes in and she writes in and says, "Where did Saul and David go? Didn't Micah and Will replace them? You should make a you, sh- <laughs> you, sh- you should make an episode like the three-hour Patreon episode. I think she meant the Kickstarter episode, but about Evie and its evolutions. Travis is the best. There is no yeah. plastic in East. There's no plastic grass in Easter." Did I, is there an inside joke I, I I missed on an episode I wasn't Ooh, on? Maybe. Regarding I told that Easter... I think on Easter, we told Easter stories, and Will got up all, all up in arms about plastic grass, I think. Well, I mean, I'm not a fan of it, because your candy gets stuck down in there, and then you have to get it out, and you get the... See, I feel like I'm saying the same thing I said before. <laughs> <laughs> it's deja vu all over again. Well, I mean... No, I didn't replace either Saul or David. No. I mean, I've been on episodes with Saul, just never with David. Really? Yeah, oh, because it's a it, it's an unwritten rule that if you've written the Pokemon of the Week column for the website, <laughs> uh, then you can never appear on an episode. It's It's kind of like we're a chain of beings, and, you know, when the chain passes from one to the next, we cannot occupy the same space at the same time. I see. Can you edit in um, Fleetwood Mac's The Chain right now, Steve? No. <laughs> no. Uh, that song is so good. That album. Ugh. David was on quite a bit. I love David. I actually still talk to David uh, every now and then. The main reason he stopped being on was mostly because of life. Uh, he went to college. That college involved him going to Japan. But that's really kind of the main reason. Saul, on the other hand, uh, Saul's a really great guy. Uh, he pursued his YouTube career pretty hard. Uh, but we don't really talk anymore. But I don't have any issues with either of them. I think, Travis, you said you talked to David recently, and I think you still talk to Saul. Yep. They are good folks. Will is here. Will has been here since, what, episode 80? 86 or something like 86. that. 86. Wow, and we're on 271, and I've been here since episode 30. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Micah's great. Micah's very easy to get. Micah also lives like 15 minutes away from me, so... That is such a fib, because Micah takes minimum six hours to reply to any text message. Oh, we're not... Yes, you're right. That's why if I go to his house, I get there in 15 minutes. If he comes to my house, it's about three hours. But Micah is is just nice to have Micah on. Not only is he super flexible, but uh, he's really great. He's really knowledgeable. And if we if we do anything, if we wanted to do something locally, that's extremely easy to do. Uh, like go to events together or play Pokemon Go together because we can have those experiences where I wish I could have those with Travis and Will. We just don't happen to live in the same location. Uh, we are talking about... I hate putting the the cart before the horse, but I've talked a little bit to Will and and Micah and Travis about this, but uh, we were talking about doing another three-hour-long sort of episode that didn't revolve around news or anything like that, exactly kind of like the Kickstarter episode. I don't want to overdo those episodes because they are a lot of work. They They require a lot of time from every person in the party. Uh, and then even more time for me to edit them. But I do kind of want to make them seasonal thing, uh, seasonal things. So like one every three months, like one a spring one, a summer one, fall one, winter one. That's how seasons work. But that's kind of the goal. 
Uh, we just need to find the time and place to do that. I don't, I wouldn't promise they would be about Eevees and evolutions, but uh, we got a pretty good response to that Kickstarter episode uh, that we did. So uh, hopefully we can do something like that in the future. Uh, I already replied to this email specifically, but I will go ahead and read it. Uh, Garrett from Laurel, Mississippi writes in, Hey, SBJ and crew, I was wondering if you guys ever considered having somebody on the show who knows the Pokemon TCG pretty well and would be able to provide commentary about that side of Pokemon. I know SBJ complains about complains sometimes about ha- not having things to talk about related to Pokemon or lack of Pokemon-related content coming out, and having somebody who knows the TCG should help alleviate that concern. There are consistently new products with the TCG as well as tournament results and what kind of decks are doing well in large-scale tournaments and generally the announcement of those tournaments on the podcast. Just a thought, SBJ, you are my favorite, but I love Will and Travis and also Logan, too. I'm really bad at favorites. Peace, Garrett. Well, obviously, Micah's not a favorite. Yeah, clearly (laughs) not. Will, tell me about your, your knowledge of TCG. I, I know a heck of a lot about card fight Vanguard. <laughs> Boy, I just I don't follow the the Pokemon TCG anymore because it it's just way too expensive. Yeah. I guess I mean you can do the online, but I don't you know, I, I'm I sit in front of a computer all day at work. I don't like to do computer when I get home, so I don't know, it's tough. You know, there may come a day when I get back into the Pokemon TCG, but it's just I it's it's really that three month investment every three months that's not a small investment that is really the barrier that's keeping me out of the game. I I think it would be cool to have uh more TCG stuff. It's just because it's a smaller niche within the community of people who play Pokemon. It sometimes feels like i mean i I sometimes even feel it when we're talking about the anime that maybe people are like thinking you know why are they talking about the anime i'm here to listen to the video like i think the vast majority of people who listen to the show listen to hear us talk about either the main series or pokemon go um and i don't think people dislike when we talk about other things like the anime or the tcg um but those are smaller elements of the brand and like it's it's difficult to and maybe steve you'll disagree with this but it's difficult to know how much content is appropriate when only a certain percentage of our audience cares about the tcg yeah i mean what i told uh, garrett earlier was we wouldn't need to have a TCG person on because I know the TCG extremely well. Even even though I haven't played in three years, I can I can look at a card and know exactly what it does and how it plays. I right right off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you what the meta is right now. I knew what it was six months ago, and the meta changes every three months, but. And in the same way, we don't really go that much into the meta of the video game either, with the small right. exception of Pokemon of the Week. It's just a matter of, you know, we're uh, we're generalists here at It's Super Effective. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's well said. I, I, we never 
So we do the news, and then we usually spend some time on a specific topic. This week it happened to be Pokemon Go. Last week was kind of E3. So we do the news, we spend some time on a topic. We sometimes at the beginning have an off-topic off segment, which to this day is still... Anytime I do a, a poll or a survey monkey or a Twitter, th- like the off topic is people's favorite. Uh, and then we do emails and then we do our Pokemon of the week. And sometimes we, we sprinkle in po- uh, item of the week if we want to laugh at Pokemon Center. What was that? What was I saying? Oh, uh, but even like six months ago, I, I went to a, a local game shop for Pokemon League on Saturday and I was with Kid. Maybe it was a little longer than six months ago, but the story still stands. Kid handed me a deck and said, okay, this is, these are the two decks that are very popular in the format right now. I'm going to give you the water one. I'll take the dark one. And I was like, okay, cool. And I looked through the deck real quick, and I was like, what's the main goal of this deck? And he was like, main goal is to, I think it was Keldeo Blastoise. Main goal is to get a Blastoise, play Keldeo Switch. It's like, okay, and, and instantly I got it. And that was not playing for over two years. And so when I look at new cards and I look at new strategies of the TCG, I can, within 10 minutes, kind of decipher and tell you what the strategy is and, and completely comprehend and understand it. But unlike the game, like the game has story, the game has character, the game has the competitiveness of it, the game also is like breeding and berries and catching and all that stuff. The card game is... Spend money, play competitively. Or spend money and collect. But there's not much to talk about there. And so I can... We, we've we covered new cards before. Of like, okay, here's the new set. It's Rising Guardians. Here are the eight ultra rares. Here are the six uh, cards that are going to be worth over $100. Blah, blah, blah. We've done that stuff before. Uh, and what I was telling Garrett is, you can go back to earlier episodes... Probably like 130, 140, maybe even 120. And we talk about the TCG a lot. And I think that just kind of speaks to the show and time and place of during those episodes, Will and I were very into the TCG. And I know there was long pockets of silence from Travis because they didn't play the TCG. Yeah. Uh, and that's it's kind of how it is with Pokemon Go. Uh, this segment, because I was, I played a lot of Pokemon Go this week, so I had a lot to talk about, and you guys, uh, didn't get a chance to experience the raid, or probably haven't done, uh, a couple of gym battles, where I, I, I did a lot of gym battles. But even if you go back to, like, episode, like, 180 or 190, we talk about Pokemon Shuffle a lot. E- five episodes ago, we talked about Magikarp Jump a lot. Yeah, the, the show goes through phases of what we focus on, and, you know, maybe at some point one of us will get back into it and we'll talk more about it, but it's it's more difficult to just, like, add on personality who's, like, specifically there to talk about the TCG, because that feels sort of artificial. Like, Like, we need this specific expertise, so we're going to find, like, that specific person because the show has always been more like there's a lot of overlap between the three of us because all three of us play the video game you know that uh this group of three isn't necessarily there because like we 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 complement each other's blindsight like 
it's it's not really how the show is structured. It's structured just more around the, um, I mean, I would just say the the rapport between the between all of us who do the show, and I think it's more just like the second you know either Micah or Logan or Will or me or Steve gets into the TCG, we'll get more of it. We've already got like yeah. Would you agree, Steve? Yeah. Well, yeah. and also I'll contribute as somebody who does a weekly program about a trading card game there is nothing more horrible for somebody who does not play a trading card game than being forced to listen to people talking about a trading card game because it's comes close to being a completely foreign language yeah i I tried to listen to will's podcast once nope nope i i would i would argue that most if not all of our listeners have played some generation of the main series game even if they only played red or blue when we reference game mechanics or talk about sun and moon there there is some experience between the two uh whereas if you've never touched the tcg it is like will said a a, a different language i used to play netrunner a lot and then i started to listen to Netrunner podcast. And even then I was like, I don't know what they're talking about because I've only played Netrunner with friends. I don't know what these terms mean. And I don't know what that means. And what is this word? And then as after I listened to it and then I played even more of it, I was like, okay, now I get it. This is what people must feel like when we talk about the Pokemon TCG, even though we're saying like, oh, okay, this is a Gyarados. It's 130 HP. It's a water type Pokemon. Two colorless to retreat. First move, three water energies. Water gun does 30 damage. If the opposing Pokemon uh, is asleep, do 60 damage. Like, I'm sure when I recited that, and also that's not a real card, you're probably like, two colorless to retreat? What does that mean? <laughs> I, I'm sure most of you know what that means, but I'm just, it's just an example. It, it's, Hard to talk about that, and the cards themselves are such a visual medium. Sometimes, even when people tell me how a card works, I, I the first thought is, "Hey, can I can I see that card?" <laughs> yeah, I I think the main takeaway here is we don't try to talk about everything, not because we're not experts, but because we don't want to talk about it, just because we feel there's a need to talk about it. Like, the reason we've been talking so much about Pokemon Go, or at least I have, is because I'm passionate about it. And that's why when Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire came out, we didn't really talk about it that much, even though it was a main series game, because I don't think really any of us was were passionate about it. And I know Will completed it and played through it, but I wouldn't... I'm going to speak for Will here and say that Will was not as passionate about Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire as he was about Black and White and Black and White 2 and Sun and Moon. That is not an incorrect statement. So I, I think that's what it uh, really comes down to. But no, it, uh, excellent email. And I probably blabbed more on my email back to, back to Garrett here. Uh, let's do one more and then uh, Travis will do Pokemon of the Week here. Uh, okay, this message is from Jace from Tempe, Arizona. Hi, I started listening to you all a little before Gen 7 started, so please forgive me if you guys covered this before. I was listening to you all talk about the anime in episode 266 and how samey it is. I 100% agree. 
Have you all ever looked or talked about the Pokemon special Pokemon Adventures mag uh, manga? That sigh was like, oh, this is one of the words I can't say. Uh, I thought the series was great. <laughs> it has a generation's arc with different main characters with interesting personalities and characteristics that on the blank avatars from the game. It's actually still going. It has a sun and moon arc, although I think Viz localized the books and they are on Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire arc. Once again, apologize if this is already covered. Just wanted to point something Pokemon to you guys that I happen to enjoy. Jace. These are the the black and white. Are they still black and white? The the comic books. Yeah the uh, the the manga. I I don't think they have come out in color. Is that all. just the style for all? A lot of manga is uh, black you know, and white. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't read manga, but I'm pretty certain that the majority of it is just black and white. Yes. If they add color, does it turn into like a graphic novel at that point? Then it turns into Maranga. <laughs> Excuse me? I hope I didn't say a bad word in a foreign language. <laughs> it turns into lemon meringue pie. I- I've never gotten into the manga. I don't have a, like, a ironclad reason as to, for why I haven't. I'm sure I would enjoy it if I did, but I don't know. I- I've, never, I've never had the... Uh, I've never just been s- strongly motivated to read the manga. Um, how about that? And Will, no motivation for... Have you ever read one, Will? Uh, no, I haven't, but I don't do a lot of reading. I, I would enjoy reading the manga, but just reading is not something I make time for. So, And there's a lot of them. There are a heck of a lot Books. of them. <laughs> no, there's a heck of a lot of Pokemon mangas. I know, I know, I know. They happen to store all those books at what is called a library. And honestly, if I was going to read a manga, I'd be reading the Cardfight Vanguard manga before I read the Pokemon one. Sorry, folks, but that story's uh, <laughs> got some interest points for me. So, I think I have. I think I might have some Pokemon books. I don't think they're specifically the black and white stuff, but I remember Irene bringing home a bunch of books that she was like, "These were on sale at like a TJ Maxx," and I was like, "Okay." Put them on the bookshelf. I'll get to them eventually. I'll have to look. I'll have to look. I think I have a bunch of like different kinds of Pokemon books, but I don't know what they are specifically. There are a lot of uh, so th- this wouldn't be uh, like manga or anything, but there are a lot of novelizations of Pokemon anime arcs. <laughs> uh, I had I had like a novelization of the Orange Islands. Oh, that sounds cool. Uh, yeah. Which I read as a kid and quite enjoyed. Uh, there is a Pokemon cookbook on Amazon that is officially licensed by the Pokemon Company. Well, there's a series of children's books called Pokemon Tales. And for the month of June, the most popular being Pokemon Tales 2, Come Out Squirtle. It's the one that ends where he's looking at a rainbow and he says, wow, I'm, I'm so, so glad, I, glad came out. I came out. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. It's really great. Thanks for your questions. If you guys have any more questions, comments, concerns, you can email me, sbj at pcamencast.com. And if they're specific for Travis or Will, I forward them to the respective party members, Travis. I'm, I'm, I'm bad about 
answering those i'll be honest it's fine i also don't ever check my email most of so, them don't wow. require the most of them i forward to you don't require an answer travis it's just people saying i'm really good <laughs> yeah but more or less <laughs> and I, I can't disagree speaking of travis being really good travis our <laughs> pokemon of the week as mentioned previously our pokemon of the week this week is lapras <laughs> Our set this week comes to us again from Kevin in Slack. This is Lapras with uh, leftovers, um, and this is going to be—I I, don't—I don't think this is going to be the the set you would see most often with Lapras in doubles. Then again, you're not going to see a lot of Lapras in doubles. But um, as Kevin goes on to say, there are a lot of different interesting things you can try with Lapras. So here's one: uh, Lapras with leftovers and an adamant nature with the ability Water Absorb. Uh, that's the one thing that's probably going to be the same regardless of which type of Lapras you're going to end up building because Water Absorb is such a great ability in doubles. Uh, or just generally, I suppose. Uh, 252 EVs in HP, 156 in Special Defense, and 100 in Defense. Then the moveset is going to be Curse, Avalanche, Waterfall, um, and then... Kevin leaves the last uh, move slot up to you recommending either Smart Strike body slam or protect uh the reason curse is on here as kevin mentions uh is because lapras is already pretty uh well designed for a trick room team and then while it's kind of difficult to set up trick room and then set up a curse sweep like sometimes that's relying on a lot of non-damaging moves at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the battle, if you are able to pull off Trick Room and then have Lapras use Curse, uh, because Trick Room makes the slower Pokemon act first uh, within their priority bracket, Curse is going to lower your speed. Essentially, that, that's like the downside of Curse, because it increases your attack and defense, so the like downside to using that move is it lowers your speed, but in Trick Room, like that's all good, because it's essentially increasing your speed, increasing your attack and increasing your defense so uh you're talking about basically like a shell smash at that point uh well not really not really at all but but you're, you're talking about uh three uh increases to your um stats in one turn which is quite powerful um avalanche is cool because if you're uh, not within Trick Room, if you're caught outside of Trick Room, Avalanche gives you something to work with because um, it deals more damage if Lapras has been dealt damage this turn. So Avalanche will deal twice its damage if Lapras uh, has been attacked this turn uh, with a damaging move. Um, so that way you have something to do when Trick Room isn't up. Waterfall is there as your main uh, just same type attack bonus move to use during Trick Room. Kevin mentions for that last move slot uh, that Smart Strike is there if you want uh, more coverage of, of types that Ice and Water couldn't hit. Um, body Slam is there if you want the chance for Paralysis. And then uh, Protect is there just because it's that perennial, very useful move in doubles. To Because of the way doubles operates, you can often uh, gain advantages off of uh, trying to predict when like, perhaps both targets are trying to hit the same Pokemon. Uh, Kevin mentions that some good partners are going to be uh, Pokemon that set up Trick Room, so uh, Porygon 2 is going to be the one um, that is going to be used most often. Uh, that seems to be uh, what everyone has sort of uh, 
coalesced upon for the best trick room user in this format. Uh, but you have other options too, uh, Oren Guru and Mimikyu and some others, but those are the sort of the top three. Yeah. The, then uh, there are also Kevin specifically doesn't mention this and nor does anyone in the uh, Pokemon of the week Slack channel, but uh, that's a physical set for Lapras. Um, you can certainly do one outside of trick room. That's uh, like a special set. Um, it has access to freeze dry, uh, which is a really cool water type move that uh, is actually, even though it's a water type move, it's, uh, or sorry, it's an ice type move uh, that's super effective against water types, which normally ice isn't uh, super effective against water. Um, and then blizzard is, is quite a strong move because uh, it hits both opponents uh, in doubles. Um, so you have cool options if you wanted to make a specially offensive uh, Lapras as well. Yeah, and Smart Strike is a new move that was just introduced in the latest generation. Did you right. mention that? I did not, um, but it's a Steel-type move that I don't know the base power. Let me look it up. Um, uh, base power is 70, and I guess the only thing that's uh, special about it is that it doesn't um, it doesn't depend on accuracy. So I guess it's right, kind of it's... like a Steel Swift Right, uh, but it's it is a physical move, unlike Swift as yeah. well. So okay. you, yeah, your Swifts and your Magical Leaf, a lot of types have moves like that, and this is the uh, equivalent for Steel. Uh, so that is neat. That's Lapras, and Curse is an egg move for Lapras. So you got to put some thought into it if you're gonna stick that dealy on there. In Pokemon Red and Blue Beta, Lapras was originally called Ness, a reference to the Loch Ness monster. Uh, Lapras was depicted with teeth in Generation 1 of official artwork and in Pokemon Adventures. Hey, we just talked about that. Lapras has the highest base stat total HP of all Ice-type Pokemon. Lapras is one of two Pokemon to use telepathy to speak to humans in a regular episode of the anime. The other is Ralts. What episode is that? I have no idea. Huh. (laughs) Lapras I've seen is, all of season one, yeah. Lapras is one of Veronica Taylor's favorite Pokemon. Uh, in Pokemon X and Y, Lapras, is, Lapras has a unique 3D model when surfing, whereas all other Pokemon are depicted as dark blobs. This may be uh, as an homage to Generation 3 surfing sprites, which greatly resemble Lapras. A shiny Lapras uses the same 3D model as the regular one while surfing. And Lapras can learn one most one-hit knockout moves of any Pokemon, excluding Smeargle, being able to learn Sheer Cold, Fissure, and Horn Drill. And a shiny Lapras is... There are moments in life where the shiny is just fantastic. And we have it right here with Lapras. Yes. Instead of being a water blue, Lapras is like a rich purple color. Uh, well, at I least think it, in the later generations, it's more of a lavender. Yeah, it got a little lighter. But man, the uh, Generation 4 and Generation 5 shiny really knocked it out of the park. But yeah, a great, great shiny. Well, there you go, there you go. That's your Pokemon of the week. That has pretty much been our episode. So a little bit of house cleaning really quick. You can follow... Will on Twitter at Wash in the Sink. You can follow Travis on Twitter at the Travis W. You can follow me on Twitter at Dragging a Lake. 
we have some stuff in our store. If you go to PokemonPodcast.com, there's a little shop button. We have some It's Super Effective shirts. We have some WAP Zip stickers. Uh, we have some artwork that Micah did that is just fantastic. Can I say the WAP Zip shirt? The WAP Zip shirt is my fiance's like favorite T-shirt that she owns. Well, we're out of those. But oh well, the 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 stickers are really good too. The stickers are good too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I'm always like wishy washy when it comes to making shirts because I feel like people ask like the for Pokemon. Shirts. No, not the po- Yeah, like the Pokemon. <laughs> you should make you should make wishy washy shirts. I don't like making shirts that involve. I I mean, I did in the past, but now I'm very cautious of making shirts that actually have Pokemon on them, just in case there's legal stuff. So that's why I just yeah. kind of go with like the it's super effective or the WAP zip. But yeah, there's uh there's stuff uh on the store. All that stuff ships right away just because it's it's all actually on location. I don't have to order it. So if you're interested in that and that that's a a way to support the show and if you're going to Pokemon if you're going to Pokemon Go Fest, I'm going to be wearing it's super effective and sh- uh, my it's super effective shirt. So if you want to sport it's super effective while you're there, that'd be cool. Uh let me know. Actually, I'll, I'll I'll tell you this: If you are going to Pokemon Go Fest and you want a shirt, message me and I will give you a specific discount so you can wear your It's Super Effective shirt at Pokemon Go Fest. Nice. I'll, I'll make it happen. I think that's our show. Uh, so thank you, Will. Thank you, Travis. You're, You're welcome. very welcome. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super. Super Lavender Lapras. that dog clean in 2017 just wanted to give a big shout out to wally you can check him out uh, over at drunkontacos.com and if you want to be part of the shout outs at the end of the episode you can jump over to patreon.com slash it's super effective and sign up for the producer tier but again a shout out to wally you can check out his stuff over at drunkontacos.com 